And somebody said, come, you have to come right now. Tubishvat Tish. Now, 3 a.m., right? 3 a.m., the dark of night, the measures. And they're sitting in, the, you know, that hall that they have over there, right next to the Tzian. Chavar all gathered around the scene, Nigunim, Nigunim. And the whole time, Rabbi Meyer, this is such a beautiful story. The whole time, Rabbi Meyer is sitting there with a nice olive, like a good, nice olive, and, a, and he's got a, uh, a handkerchief, and he's wiping the olive, wiping off the olive, wiping it, wiping it, wiping it. Wiping it should be totally dry, it's olive. He's sitting there, he's singing niggin after niggin, wiping the olive. And he says, Chebe, I don't know if I'm going to get the words exactly, but just, you know, to make it a Hasidic story, of Baruch Hashem, a living rabbi, they, they said, he said to the Chevre something like this. He said, Chevre the Gemara says that uh, olives, uh, if you don't eat them dipped in olive oil, they could cause forgetfulness. They could cause you to forget what you know. So a person should be careful always to cover the olives with olive oil, and that way they won't forget me. You know, the whole time he's wiping and wiping it, totally dry, wiping, wiping this olive. His chevra olives, you have to be very, very careful. They'll make you forget everything you know. If you're not careful, you have to make sure always to eat the olives. Namish dows and olive oil so that your, your memories will stay with you. And they sing another naked, he's wiping the olive, wiping the olive. <laughs> he, says, he says, when we're sitting by the Baal Shem Tov, on Tubishvat in the middle of the night, and we're Baal Hashem sitting in your Shalayim, on two bishvat ashreinu, ashreinu matov b'kein l'chaim. Come in the seats up in the front, on both sides. 
Hey, let's do one more nigga and I'll finish the story.
Shmanesra at the very, very end. We ask the Master of the World, the Creator of the Universe, we say, Barcheinu Avinu Kulanu on a literal level, on a literal level, it means that we're asking HaKadosh Baruch the Master of the World, bless us, bless us all together, Ba'ar Panecha, with the light of your face. That's the simple understanding. Let our Father bless us, Kulanu Ka'echad, all of us together, Be'or Panecha, with the light of your face. But I once saw that maybe there's a deeper way of reading it. And this should be our blessing tonight, Bisyat Rishmaya, with the help of the Master of the World, who's present and real, exists, he's in this room, he's with us, he's having pride from us, pleasure from us, Jews getting together in the dark of winter, in the middle of Shvat. 2022, to try to connect to a little bit of holiness, try to connect to something real. We're saying, Barcheinu Avinu, Master of the world, bless us. And you know what the deepest blessing in the world is? Kulanu That's already the deepest blessing. Let us really get together, get together consciously, for real. And then, Mamela naturally, Barpanecha, naturally, the light of God is present. So let's sing this together very strongly with this kavana. We should be blessed with holy togetherness, holy unity. We're all part of one tree.
says the sap begins to rise in the trees, the seraph, all of Ayulan. Rashi brings it. And the trees are starting to come alive. And the grasses and the flowers. It says, Zer shine from to Zion The greatest thing to be religious <coughs> with the trees. Now's the time to go out. It's a bit cold, but go out with the forest, with the grasses, with the flowers, the fruits. And you will be like a shaliach tzibur. They're going to put their energy into your prayers. They're waiting for you. Go, I'm just reminding you. It's spring. It may not feel quite, but it's beginning. Go, use, let those energies be the wind beneath your wings. All of nature wants to be part of your prayers. Chaim. I want to try to share with you something. I spent, Baruch Hashem, the privilege of spending a bunch of hours today really trying to get into some, like, break some ground in some new Torah. They will uh, come across well. I'll understand it, you'll understand it. This is Hashem Isbarach. This is Hashem Isbarach, because Gewalt, we need a new start. Hashem knows we need such a new year. We need new blessings so badly. So, uh, <coughs> the Midrash brings in a number of different variations, and the Gemara also, that when Adam and Chava were first told, that they're going to have to work the earth. They became very sad and began to cry. I and the donkey will eat from the same trough. Does this mean we have to lower our heads in order to eat? Chaim. Does this mean we have to lower our heads in order to eat? L'chaim. L'chaim. Ah, does this mean we have to lower our heads? L'chaim. L'chaim. Is, uh, <coughs> and Rav Tzadok Hakon Lublin, Tzchus Yagen Aleinu, is very busy with this. About the fixing of, of eating about dignity and he's teaching us that really and he's proving it from psukim I know I'm trying to keep the charts I'm not bringing all the technical things and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created trees for people to eat and grasses and things that grow from the ground for animals to eat his mom is very clear about this and he doesn't say it exactly in this way, but it strikes me from the Midrash and, you know, just 
that the idea is that he's going to say sit with good posture. <laughs> yes. The idea is <coughs> that dignity. Dignity, mamas. Oh. Gewalt. Lachaim to dignity to a malchus to our royalty. Lachaim to our royalty. What does it mean to receive our food from the trees? It means you receive your food at eye level. Mamish pani bepani. The tree gives you its fruit like it hands it to you, like the branch is reaching out to you to give to you, to give to us. And when we really, when we really learn to make blessings on our food, this is our minhag today to make blessings on fruits today. He says, we, it takes so much strength to make blessings on food. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but I think I'm being true to Rebzadok. As he says, there's Shammai and there's Hillel. Shammai, he found something beautiful to eat. He would say, this is the Chavit Shabbos. He wouldn't eat it. And then when he finds something nicer, he'd say, okay, the second thing will be the Chavit Shabbos, I'll eat this first thing. And it's Masha from Rav Tzadok, he wouldn't eat outside of that. The Gemara is not so clear that it sounds from Rav Tzadok, that Shammai, from a place of Yira, he says, Shammai, struck me, I wasn't expecting it, he said, Lo ve'atzmo, he didn't believe enough in himself that he has the power to mamish just eat something delicious in the world. He didn't. He was afraid. He said, I have to set it aside only the Chavit Shabbos. And then if I set aside the second thing and the first one, I'm only eating in order that the second better one will be for Shabbos, then nimsa kol achilas of achilas Shabbos, right? Aval hilal mida cheres haisavoy. So call myself and he said, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Hillel ate at whatever beautiful thing was at his doorstep he ate. He said, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. L'chaim. It takes so much strength to do that. He says, this is why Tubi Shvat says, the month of Shvat comes in, which is the month of the fixing of Achila. And Shammai, Beit Shammai, which he identifies with Shammai, says we have to say that the New Year's is Rosh Chodesh. We have to take the holiest day that possibly could be, because Rosh Chodesh has a Kedusha, and that's the day where we'll eat the fruits. And Hillel says, no, we're waiting till the moon is the strongest, 
And we're going to receive the goodness of the world and believe that it's really here for us. said Hilam, right? It's so urgent, this question. It's such an amazing Mishnah. There are very few Mishnahs that are in the first person. If I'm not for myself, who will be? But if I'm only for myself, what am I? And if not now, when? This is such a deep fixing of this month. The fixing of the way we relate to our food, to the way we relate to the simplest act of eating, to be able to really receive the bounty and believe. To believe. To believe. To really believe. To really believe Hashem wants us to be happy. Hashem loves us. Really believe it. Really believe it. Hillel's attitude to his body was, I want to do, I want to show love to my body and take care of my body. You go, you go to the bathhouse and say, I'm going to take care of a poor, you know, a poor body that's worked so hard for me. I want to take care of it. To be about chesed, to do chesed to our own selves. Rabbi Nachman teaches that there are four kinds of humility a person has. The first three have to do with other people. Chaim. Chaim. The first three have to do with other people. I have to have, be humble before people who are greater than me. I have to be humble before people who are equal to me. What all this means, we won't get into right now. I have to be humble to people who are lesser than me and still believe I can learn from them and really receive from them. And then he says, you have to be humble before your own self. You have to think as if you're below your own level and look up to yourself. <laughs> and Rav Nosan says, the first three months of the year, Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, that's humility before those who are greater than me. The next three months, Tammuz, Av, Elo, humility before those who are equal to me. The next three months, Tishrei, our humility for those blessed than me. And these last three months, these are the months of learning to be humble before our own selves, to be excited. I get to be me. The souls are like looking down, like, which role are you going to play? <laughs> and we have to feed ourselves, enjoy it, love it. And he says, Shvat, so he says these also correspond to the three parts of the eye. The white of the eye, I think it's the line around the iris. And then the iris are the first three levels, but then the pupil of the eye. That's related to Midas Amalchus, dignity, royalty. That's these last three months of the year where we can open our eyes might say, wake up and find out that you are the eyes of the world. Just random quote over here. <laughs> I have to. But, and look at yourself. And look up to yourself. 
believe that the trees are reaching their branches out to give to you. Rav Tzodik says, why do we celebrate, he's asking in Europe, why do we celebrate Tu Vishvat? Yidin all over the world and right now celebrating Tu Vishvat, even though they're not in the ecosystem of Eretz Yisrael. The reason for Tu Vishvat, the Gemara says, because the rains, enough rains have fallen, most of the rains have fallen, and the sap starts to rise, so the trees are already beginning to produce. But that's not true in other parts of the world. Why did Jews keep Tu Vishvat? even other parts of the world. <coughs> and he says, because the Medrash teaches us that one day Eretz will spread out to the rest of the world. And that this day, this Minig Yisrael Torahi of eating fruits, this little glimmer of a holiday that it becomes more and more chashev as we get closer to Mashiach, these, these little holidays are very, very chashev. With every excuse we can, and we need it. It is our opportunity to grow, to believe that the world is not a place to be afraid of. It's, the world is a place that we can use, energize ourselves, and be the royal Yidden that we are, the Bnei Melachim, Kol Yisrael Bnei Melachim Heim really stand up and believe that all the trees in the world are, 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 are handing us at eye level the tarachas that we make. The end of that medrash is that Hashem said, ah, you're worried you're going to be eating from the same grasses as the animals have to put your head down into a trough. lechem says, I'm gifting you hard with effort the effort of not you're not going to eat the wheat the same way animals just graze you're going to do a whole unbelievable process until you reach wondrous bread warm beautifulness maybe sourdough thanks for bringing the sourdough tonight wondrous great dignified food that comes out of our involvement in the world, that comes out of our, our faith. Saying, Hamoitzi lecha mina arts is an amazing bracha. It's emuna that throughout my process of all the things we have to do for our parnasa, for our livelihood, Hashem is with us. And when we live like this, and we can go back into life fresh, energized, all the fruits, all the trees, all the grasses, they want are to put their energies into our prayers. Rabbi Nachman says it actually makes a difference to go out and be with them and daven with them. It's good to be religious with them. They know how to be religious elegantly. They know how to be religious. Mom, it's just right. They mastered it. Get there. They want to put their energy into our prayers. They want to help us stand up. They want to help us through the grind of our process, literally grinding the grains, creating bread, all the things we have to do for our livelihoods. <coughs> to believe, <laughs> to believe all of those steps, it's Hashem taking bread out of the, out of the earth. It's Mamish Hashem taking bread out of the earth. 
through us, through that process, not to be scared, not to be freaked out. It's unbelievable. on that posse, by the sweat of your brow, so you eat bread, you know, so he says, he says, he says, from here we learn it's good to exercise before you eat. <laughs> the doctors all agree. Mamish, by the sweat of your brow you should eat it, you'll digest it better. The effort that we put in, just like exercise physically, you feel great. There, this night of chizuk, <coughs> it's such a chizuk to sit next to Rabbi Yaakov, it's such a workhorse. You're amazing, brother. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm hoping it's going to rub off on me. I'm too much a hippie. <laughs> but, uh, only only rub off on me. So I'm just saying that if let's take from tonight a renewed royal energy to try. To try. That the same way that when you exercise, the food will go down better. If you put, if you try, really dab and go to the go to the forest. Let their energy be part. They want to. It's spring now. There's a whole new thing. This this spring has never been. The new energy now has never been. It's a new year. The waters that have fallen are from brand new prayers, and all the tzaddikim and shemayim are doing what they're doing too. There's huge energy being given to us. So let's take from tonight. It's such a chizik to see all of you here. It's such a chizik. Baruch Hashem. This is together. Chayim. Let's take this and try just a little bit harder. Chaim, chaim.
with the help of the master of the world, like would be so brazen to interrupt. To try to share a little bit more words of Torah to try to connect and understand the nature of this day and its import for you and I and what we're trying to accomplish here specifically in this room together with these chaver. It's such a privilege, such a privilege to be with all of you, to be with Mari Verebi, Rebelebish, whose hippiness and work ethic, both, I'm trying to learn from a little bit. What a privilege, what a schus, what a privilege. So let's try, because this needs a little bit of focus. To try to understand a little bit of the mashma'ut, of course, if we start actually getting into the depth of it, we'll be here for a thousand years, which nobody wants. But to try to be mekatser, and to try to touch on some core, core, core pieces in the puzzle of Tu B'Shvat that I think hold a great deal of relevance and most importantly clarity for you and I, not just for this day or for the winter or for this time period that we're in, but for life, for life. Maybe even more broadly for creation, for existence as it is. This life that we're Zoha to live, what a privilege to be alive. What an absolute privilege. If we are going to understand, you'll excuse the pun, the root of a, of a concept, you have to go back to the first time in the Torah that this concept appears, makes an appearance on the stage of reality as captured in the book of reality. Upon the foundation of with of which creation was formed, forged. The first time that we meet trees is when the master of the world blesses the trees, creates them, brings them, speaks them into existence. Toitzia arz desha. And we're told by Chazal that the very first deviation from the will of God was in these trees. Crazy thing. Even before Admiration sinned with the tree, which we'll get to in a minute, the trees themselves deviated from the will of God. Does that mean trees are not conscious beings, or are they? But what does this mean, that the trees deviated? Because the master of the world intended, whatever this means, or if Cook will explain a little bit, for the taste of the tree to be synonymous with the taste of the fruit. Whatever the fruit tastes like, you pick an apple off the apple tree, the bark and the inside of the tree was supposed to taste like apples as well. The whole thing was supposed to be tochel ruts of apple, tochel ruts of taste, tam. But the tree was meshanech, as I'll tell us, and the tree deviated from this will in such a way that only the fruit was able to give over this incredible, incredible taste but that the tree is bitter. What does this mean? What does this mean for you and me and how are we supposed to rectify this? I told you he's my Rebbe. I'm trying to learn from him. 
<laughs> Some things are easier to learn than <laughs> I could get used to this. Rav Kook says like this, unbelievable. He says, think very deeply. Okay, we know there's a tree, there are fruits. Very, very deeply. What is a tree? And what is a fruit outside the context of which they function as two components of a specific creation? What do they represent? The fruit, says Rav Kook, represents the tachlis. Represents the ultimate purpose of a process, right? We plant a seed for what purpose? Not for the tree. For the fruit. And it might take a long period of time. Sometimes generations. In the case of the carob tree, the Gemara and Tainus, you plant for generations. Very deep thing. Like you don't benefit anything from it. You, you, you plant something just for your children and grandchildren. I bless us that we should plant things just for our children and grandchildren, not for us at all. And we should be able to witness them enjoying what we planted. But the whole Indian of planting is just for the, just for the fruits, the tachlis. Says Rav Kook, everybody knows that meeting a goal is delicious, tastes good. You meet a goal, you accomplish something, trying to reach a certain amount of days or a certain consistency or certain, whatever it is in every area of spiritual growth, you reach the goal and it's awesome and it's sweet and you go out to dinner and you celebrate and enjoy. The process is oftentimes a little bit bitter. A little bit bitter. The process is bitter. But Cesar Cook, this was not the way it was supposed to be. Because what it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the master of the world, intended for the tree itself to share in the taste of the fruit means that originally... In the pre-sin world, and I mean pre-sin even before other Mauritian sin, before any deviation, subtle and slight as it may be, from the will of God, the way that a perfected world is supposed to be, the way that you and I are intended to live our lives, to try to rectify the world, to bring it back to that place, is for every step along a journey to taste just as sweet as the goal, for the tree itself to taste like the fruit. And that's hard. It's not easy. And it takes a great deal of consciousness and an elevated focus and an expanded awareness with regard to what exactly life is about in order to bring this into being. And the foundation of this is to clarify why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I attempting to reach the goals that I'm attempting to reach? For whom? If they're for me, then it's gonna stink until I get there. Because all the while along the way, it's just I'm, I'm not yet at that place. But if every goal that I'm trying to reach is simply an expression of my desire to reveal the glory of God in the world, and I believe, like the Torah I believe that every single moment of life is life. Raza de Shabbos, Ihi Shabbos. Like the secret of every minute is the minute. And that's life, and that's an opportunity to reveal the glory of God in this moment, that He's giving me breath because I bless us always to live long and happy till 120. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. Today is all I have. And so in a world in which I'm living with the consciousness of revealing Hashem's glory in the world, that that's the essence, essence of my motivation and my ambition and everything that I'm trying to do in the realm of the spiritual, in the realm of the mundane, and the goals that I'm attempting to reach, if that's my goal, so then, mali hacha, mali hasam. What does it matter if I reach a goal? Or what does it matter if I take a step toward the goal? 
In the same measure that I'm going to reveal the glory of God when I reach a goal, guess what else I'm doing every step along the way? I'm revealing the glory of God. And it's not about me. It's not about my success. It's not about my attainment. It's about how much am I aligned with that ultimate mission with a capital M for which each and every Jewish soul throughout history was brought to the world. Sparks in one collective torch, it drops in one collective ocean. That we're all the same. We're all connected to the Elon of Nisham as this tree of souls that are connected very, very deeply to one trunk, to one root of Knesset Yisrael of the Kisiyah Kav, from which all of us were hewn and etched. Mali hacha mali What does it make a difference? And that's part of the tikkun, that's part of the tikkun. But every step along the way, we are met with a challenge, and here we meet the second tree, and the second revelation of this creation called trees and the creation narrative. L'chaim again. Adam Rishon stands in front of the, tree, of, the, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Eitz Hadas Tovarah. This is very, very deep. I'm trying to try to give it to you in a nutshell. I know it's late and, you know, much like a seed contains the potential for the whole tree, we'll have to just plant a seed and then hopefully it'll, it'll grow. We'll think about these things. It'll foster further growth and branches and fruits. It's the fruits. Listen to this. This is the deepest thing in the world. One of the deepest, deepest, deepest things. Listen to this carefully. And I hope that I can listen to it. Adam Arishan stands in front of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Which the master of the world commands him not to eat. And maybe in his peripheral vision, I don't know how big Gan Eden was or small, he sees the Eitzachayim somewhere out there that God not only allowed him to eat, but pretty much commanded him to eat. That was also a thing. Hashem has, you shall eat from the Eitzachayim. We're always far more concerned with what we can't do than what we can. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. There's so much to do on Shabbos. And we're so busy thinking, what I can't, I can't do this, can't do that. No. So much to do. But he doesn't, he doesn't touch the Eitzachayim. And instead he stands in front of the Eitzadas Tovarah, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this is the stage in the realm of his choice. His Bechira. On whatever level his Bechira was, the Nebuchadnezzar says, his freedom of choice was like the choice that I have to stick my hand into the fire here. I mean, I, I theoretically can, I have that capacity, but I won't. Because the snake was still outside. That seductive voice trying to lure him in a way that was contrary to the will of God was external, it was an external force. He was able to recognize it as such. But the choice was there. And what was the choice, to eat or not to eat? Listen to this deepest thing. The foundation of our mission, which is, like we mentioned, to reveal the glory of God in the world, like the Ramchal says in Abshachayim, I'm sorry, the, the, and, and then the Melech brings this a certain way, other tzaddikim, Hashamayim Shamayim Lashem. The heavens were created for God. That's his realm. And the simple understanding of the next part of the sentence is via Aretz Nasan Adam is that the earth is our realm. That's how we understand it. Shamayim Shamayim Lashem. The heaven is for God. Aretz Nasan Adam says the Ramchal, says the tzaddikim, no, 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 no. 
because Hashemayim Shemayim Hashem, because only the heavens are the realm of God, that's why Vaha'aretz Nasan Le Adam. Earth was given to man. Why? To turn earth into heaven. Because it's a problem that Shemayim is only Shemayim Hashem. And therefore, we have work to do to reveal God's glory in the world. Man is very, very associated with trees. In Kabbalah, there's the Eitzachayim, all the spheres, the sephardic array of a creative process that all of us embody physically, emotionally, very deep, spiritually, certainly. We have a shaykhis with these trees, and these trees represent in their physical expression our mission is to reach down to the deepest depth of physicality and to pull out nutrients and to draw them up heavenward and that's literally what we're called upon to do every time you see a tree it's a reminder of your mission and my mission is to bridge heaven and earth man is the only creation and the only creature that walks upright maybe monkeys once in a while Kabbalah Svarim say that monkeys by getting to the depth of it it's not like all other creations monkeys are in between the rest of the creations and man which is why sometimes they walk upright very interesting but man stands up between heaven and earth where a little letter Vav Vav is always a connector Vav Achibur Moshe Ve'aron Moshe, Moshe and Aaron right the Vav is the connector in the Mishkan we have Vav Ha'amudim. it's the hooks that connect the different areas the different parts of the Mishkan man is a connector he's the little letter Vav that stands upright like a tree and bridges the gap between heaven and earth by bringing out the potential in the earth and lifting it heavenward. We're very connected to trees. And this tree is the subject of man's ultimate choice, his Bechira. What was the purpose for creation? And the answer is unequivocal, to reveal Hashem's presence. God hides himself in order to reveal in the same way that we get dressed so we can walk out of our house in the morning. It's not a concealment in as much as it's enabling ourselves to become revealed. So on the one hand, we can see creation as the biggest hester, as the biggest concealment that ever was. And nature is silent. And you walk out into the fields and you need to pray for them because you don't hear them making sound. They're speaking all the time. You don't hear them. God is silent, but on the other hand, with a shift of perspective, there's nothing louder than God. If we're able to pick up on exactly the mode of communication he uses, there's nothing louder because we realize that all of creation is the concretized and cemented verbalization of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's will for a relationship with us. And when we walk outside and we look up at the heavens, we see a cemented form of a Kaddish Baruch Hu saying, Yehirakiyah. HaKadosh Baruch who's speaking to us all the time. Everything is God's voice. Everything is God's speech. But it matters and it depends on our perspective. Because even though creation represents an opportunity, it represents a grave, grave danger. A grave danger. Because speech runs the risk of what? Of being misinterpreted. Words are slippery things. To one person, something means one thing. To the other person, means another thing. Miscommunication is something that's so prevalent in almost every conversation on some level and to some degree. But we nevertheless speak because even though we risk being misunderstood, 
We need to communicate. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicated and there's never been any speech that's been more misunderstood than God's speech. Ever. In the 5,000, almost 6,000 years of creation, nobody has ever had his speech more misinterpreted than the Master of the World. But he spoke nonetheless and he speaks nonetheless. And here we come to an end. Maybe to a beginning. We often think of choice as a choice between good and, okay, evil is a strong word, bad. Right? Good and bad. Will of God, not will of God. Optimal, not optimal. Says Rabbanus is something super, super, super deep. And I want to leave you with this. I don't even, I fully, don't fully understand it at all. I just, I understand the implication of it and it makes me feel strong. And it makes me feel comforted and I hope to share that with you. Says Reb Nassim, and this requires a lot of focus, what is the philosophical premise of choice? What does it mean to choose? What do I need in order to have a choice in front of me? I need two things, right? I need to choose either between a, a grape or an apple. If there's only one thing, I do not have choice. Choice necessitates duplicity, multiplicity, two-ness. Two, so that I can then choose between one or the other. Says Rav Nassim, based on Tarn and Aleph and the Kutumran. You know what the foundation for two is? The concept of creation. Because before creation, all there is is the Ain Sof. All there is is one. Once the master of the world creates creation and creates the physical world, Beings with consciousness within the physical world perceive there to be two things, even though we know that on the ultimate level this world is an illusion. We perceive it to be pretty real. Someone pinches us, it hurts. Right? This, this world is very real, and we, and we rejoice and we feel pain, and this, this world is real. And there are two things now. There's God, and there's creation. Two things. Creation itself is the seat of choice. Says Rav Nelson, every choice you'll make in relation to the will of God is not a choice between good or bad. Listen to this, listen to this. It's a choice between staying in the realm of choice or moving beyond the realm of choice. Let's say this very deeply in another nusach, in another way. It's a choice between creation or creator. That's your choice. Not between good or bad. It's the choice to further cement the reality around us and say that creation is legit, my body, my physical gratification, my ego is legit, and I'm choosing that. And therefore, I'm choosing to stay within the realm of two because I'm legitimizing creation around me by choosing to move further, further into it both in terms of my creation as a separate mini-world, which each of us are, and the creation around us, to choose to partake of things not in a way of holiness, not in a way that's going to reflect the Creator, and thereby to stay in the realm of choice, in the realm of two-ness, in the realm of duplicity, and to fail at interpreting creation in the way that it was meant to be interpreted. Or I can choose the right thing, in which case it then becomes revealed to me that there was never even another choice. It just wasn't a thing. 
because I move into the realm of oneness. I'm not choosing the right thing. I'm choosing to become enveloped with the one creator, Echad Yachun Yuchad. And from that plateau, from the moment after I'm able to sacrifice my own pleasure, my own desire, my own will, and my own wanting, for the ultimate purpose of being Megalic Fod Shemayim, for the ultimate purpose of enjoying every step along the way, to make the tam of the tree like the tam, like the taste of the fruit. From that plateau, I'm able to look back and I'm like, that was even a thing? That was even a choice? That was even a struggle? It didn't exist. It was an illusion. Two does not exist. All there is is echad yachid miyuchad ein It's a very, very deep idea with a lot of implications. But the bottom line is like this. Chazal tell us that if Adam Rishon would have eaten from the Eitz HaChayim first, he would have then been able to eat from the Eitz HaDas Tovarah. Would have been mutter to him. Really, I'm not sure that's Chazal. That's the, that's Chazam Soifer. Chazal say if he would have waited for Shabbos, some Sefer says a little different. If you would have waited for Shabbos, it's the same thing. If you would have waited for Shabbos, you could have eaten the Eitz HaDas Tovarah. This world is filled with the Eitz HaChayim and the Eitz HaDas Tovarah. The world of oneness, Eitz HaChayim, and the world of Bechira, Eitz HaDas Tovarah. The more that we devote our lives to the Eitz HaChayim, we're saying before, Eitz HaChayim Hila Machazikaba. Rav Shlomo says, what does it mean that the Torah is a tree to hold on to? He says, when a person's drowning, a person doesn't need to think in his head of all these theses and all these ideas. It's not going to help. It's not going to save him. He needs a piece of wood. He needs something to simply hold on to with all of his might. Says Rav to a lot of people, the Torah is a thesis. It's a lot of information. You lug it around, you know? It's like the body is only there to transport the head. You know, it's like, it says Rav Shlomo, we need a Torah that's an Eitz Chaim Lamachazikim We need a Torah in our generation to hold on to. Because the winds of the world are blowing very strongly. Harasham Kiyam Migrash Lahashkit Layuchal. All life is one big tsunami and we risk being swept along without thinking for one moment. What is this thing? What is worthy of my focus? Time is so precious. How are we using our time? From the moment that we wake up to the moment that we go to sleep, I bless us again, we should live till 120. Every second so precious, what we're being called upon to do, but we sell ourselves short because we don't identify with that mission of the tree, of drawing out the nutrients in the earth and lifting them up toward heaven. Time is short. But the more that we identify with the Eitzachayim, and the more that we hold on to Torah with all of our, li- with all of our strength for our lives, Mimela, we can then engage in the world of Tunis, the world of multiplicity, like Rebbe was talking about, in a healthy, beautiful way of Hillel. To be able to focus on those things that we can do in this world, which are much more numerous than the things that we're quote-unquote restricted from. Hashem is trying to create a protective fence to give us ground to cultivate a garden. To work it, to build it, to allow this world to manifest its potential through our consciousness and through our actions and through our speech and through our words to further reveal the way in which this world is not a concealment. It is the revelation, the revelation, and this is our mission. So I bless us, to hold on, to hold on to the Eitzachayim, to hold on to the realm of oneness, to hold on to Shabbos. Shabbos is the Tachlis. Shabbos is the end game. 
and to realize that like Shammah, we can make all of our days of the week Shabbistic. Every step along the way. I only want one thing. And I wander around the streets of the world. But I want to sit in the house of God all the days of my life. And it doesn't mean in a base medrash or base knesses. It means that I want that every step that I take on the streets of Nachlaot should be the base Hashem. To find the Kaddish Baruch Hu in everything. Rosh Hashemah. He wants one thing, shifty, Shabbos. Shifty beves Hashem. All he wants is one thing. Let's hold on tight to this Eitz Chaim, hold on to each other. It's a very special group of people. We're all Hashem has left. Sometimes we feel so low. We need to remind ourselves we're all he has in this world. We're his chief shining heroes.
just one parting word. What a simcha. Oh my gosh, Yaakov. Such a simcha to sit next to you and, and, and hear you and be with you. I miss you. There is mamish. I forget how much I miss you. Um, um, I just want to say one little thing. <coughs> we, had, we had recently was Yud Shvat. That was the anniversary of the Rebbe becoming Rebbe. And uh, one of the things he did was this. Remember this? This thing? You guys remember this? This means you take the bitterness, you take the sadness, he says actually. It starts with sadness. Rabbi Yaakov was talking bitter, but you take the sadness and turn it into bitterness. Turn it into bitterness, which means a resolve. A resolve. A resolve to do, to grow, to flourish, babish, to do. And uh, that's one of the pillars I forgot, I forgot to mention. This Medrash says, Adam was crying when he said, I'm going to eat for the same trough. The Medrash says, because of that cry, the protest, can it really be all the food in the world? I'm just a material being and I'm just grabbing stuff, the same like an animal. Could it really be that's all I am? That cry itself, because of that cry, Hashem says, ah, it bothers you? Good. It's not a says, I'm going to therefore give you the upgrade of the efforts. The shame shamayim effort, the togetherness. We're in this together. You, you know, I have a big long beard. I feel this too every second. I'm in pain. It's a hard, crazy hard time. It's an insane time. The world, what's going on? I don't even know anymore. We're, we're climbing up, like Rabbeinu said. You have to climb up a wall with like nothing to hold on to to have a muna. It's so it's it's hard, but these get-togethers are so precious. But again, we should click to Ellie. All the other organizers and uh, and 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 really and, and thank you to to uh, to Shani for making the beautiful flyer. Tamara, Tamara out in, 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 in England for, for, for helping promote and everyone, really. And Bezat Hashem, I was talking with Rabbi Yaakov, Bezat Hashem, we're going to do this often. And, and together, together, those, those tears, right, those tears that Adam was crying, those, those tears are, we're crying them now. It's like the end of Friday, according to most like, ways of looking at creation. We're crying, and, and, and Hashem is saying, okay, ah! Okay, you're not gonna, because you can't just be an animal, can't be. It's such an amazing thing. The, the, the void, the pain, the, 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 that, the protest, that this cannot be, that I eat the same, it can't be. How could that be? That, that, that itself. And then, and then, and then the Kriviyat is teaching us to take this, that, that, that bitter, the, the Rebbe is giving us a koya from, from Yud Shvat, and Rebbe, all the tzaddikim, like, like, like I've said so beautifully, we are the heroes, but it's us. We're the Jews who are alive. The whole thing of Ab Yisrael is us right now. It's huge. Rabbi Yaakov knows this. We need to bless each other with this. And live it. I need to live it. Kavalt. Bezat Hashem. Like, uh, we should be blessed to do and do and do. Rabbi, Rabbi Nachum once said, the Talmud Chazib, he said, just do and do and do. Mamish, there's a sikha, there's a little bit in Sikh Sabbath Kreidish. Do and do and do. We can, we can. And, and again, 
go out into nature and get the prayer vitamins that are waiting for you, that are waiting for you. You're in Eretz Yisrael. Take some time this spring, this summer. Go, go, go. Daven, really daven. Mamish, the gematria of Elon is saved. Go out, go out to the tree, the Aramaic name of the tree, the outdoors tree, the, the translation of tree, the, the, the beyondness, the next level, Hashlama Sakedusha of the tree. Oh, Hebra, we should be blessed to, to translate the trees, to translate for each other. Like Riyak was saying, the words, what do we even know? We, we, we know with so many crazy distances that are so unnecessary. Should be blessed to be the translators, to go out, get beyond our boundaries and speak to our families, speak to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, speak to our friends, speak to the people we love. Namish, one, one, one last little thing, and this is in, in the hopes that we're going to get together in about maybe even less than 30 days, because we're going to see when the next one is going to be. But Reb Nelson says, when you say Shekhyanu B'Kiyamanu, when you see your best friend about life, and he says, when you say Baruch Machai, amazing that you didn't see in a long time, it's not shot that it's if that friend became alive again for me. It's I wasn't fully alive because I didn't see you for a whole year. So he says, you actually, he says, you have to be makbit to see your best friends within the year. It's hard these days, but we should really be Maiser Nefesh for this. We need to see each other. That was in that generation. We're and Kal Vachoymer now, <laughs> my gosh. So, and we need to get together more. And Mzad Hashem, stay tuned. Tisman and Sishiba Simchat Shloyma. We're going to do more together. Mechayim. Shana Tova. Every day. Shana Tova. Shana Tova.